Hello and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week, we had to cipher, cipher? Had to dig through our little brains to like, there's like a word for it, to think of something from before, completely think of something from before. Wait, hold on. I'm not. Is getting it, it, it's not coming re- to me. Remember? No, re- not remember. Cola. Uh, receive. Um, recall. That's the total one. Right recall. There. Oh, it was right there. Okay, um, right off the bat, it bugged me that in both movies, recall the the title, the titular recall was spelled with a C, with a K. and. In the movie, it is yeah. spelled with a, the company of recall is spelled with a K. Similarly, right off the bat, yeah. I just want to go and say that um, really bothered me. So, <laughs> uh, um, deal breaker. Uh, <laughs> how is it? How did it feel to watch another film from one of this state's former governors? So, watching this, I was like, oh, wow. Somebody saw this movie and was like, that guy that all of the women talk about his penis in literally every scene, that's who I want to be my governor. Yeah. Um, I Okay, I hadn't seen this. And um, for some reason, I thought that I had. And I know that, like, I've always confused this movie with Demolition Man. Okay. And I do think that after watching both of these, Demolition Man is a much better film. However... Yeah. Which they're also doing Demolition Man 2, apparently. So, so um, keep an eye on that. <laughs> keep an eye on our pod for that episode, whenever it does come out. Anyways, um, so yeah, I would always mix these two up knowing that they're not the same movie. But I had like, for some reason, convinced myself that I have I had seen this motherfucker. So And I hadn't. I'm literally in the same boat. I've seen the three titty scene and the belly baby scene. The two I, weeks. That the, that scene, the, the two, two weeks where the it, he's yes. the woman. Yeah. Yep. I've seen both of those just, I think, from clips maybe. Because in my head, I was like, oh, I've seen those scenes. I've seen this movie. But as I was watching it, I was like, wait, I actually didn't know the plot of this at all. Uh, I don't remember that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, this is another one of those where I'm like, I didn't see this actually. I've never <laughs> seen this movie. Uh, this is the yeah, first so, time we've had that same experience. We were I know. both like, oh, it's this other movie. Oh, wait. It's usually me where I'm just like, yeah, I saw the trailer. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> my brain. Um, gorgeous place. But yeah, so this is my first time seeing uh, Total Recall, which um, is cool. I'm actually, I'm really interested in talking about this because of our love of like Blade Runner and I know we haven't done like Minority Report or anything, but like so another... Minority Report is a sequel to Total Recall. Yes, is it? Yes, it is. It's so, like uh, I read in... this on the IMDb page where Minority Report was supposed to be a sequel of this Total Recall story, which no I think, shit. which Total Recall, if I if memory serves right, is also um, of the reason it feels similar is because it's also a Philip K. Dick. Yeah, short he story, wrote right? all of these stories, and it was called "We Can Remember It for You Wholesale." Was the short story that like he wrote a better title? Which I mean, let's talk about it. That is such a good title. That's so funny. Um, but also, yeah, it's because because to me, like, it all feels very similar. And then just understanding that it's coming from base level, the same storyteller, Philip K. Dick. It's like 
it's interesting to watch different different visions for the the source text. You um, know what might be fun, huh. which we haven't done yet on the pod, is reading the short story and then doing Minority Report as the sequel. Because I... I mean, we have we've been our mission statement is discussing continuation and stuff, so we can keep it open. Which it's like if they do a movie from a video game or something, and we ever felt like doing that, we could do that. I mean, I've never read Philip K. Dick, but I love a lot of the stories that or the ideas that are presented, like in TV and media that are based on like his world. So I yeah. would, I would be interested. I mean, he seems really interesting. His stories are great. I also, I actually today, I did download a couple of his books to read Ooh. Um, from the library. I downloaded Vallis and um, um, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. A Scanner Darkly is what? The other one. Shoot. When you look up Philip K. Dick, what comes up for movies? Like books aren't even the first thing that come up, but it's all movies. Like we just talked about Minority Report, Scanner Darkly. Um, this guy is like... Yeah, he's cool. he's another he's like a raw doll, but for science fiction. I feel like he's who um, who's Ender's Game? What's his name? Oh, it's what yeah. what that Mormon wants to be. Orson Scott Orson Card. Orson Scott Card, exactly. Yeah. Um, should we talk about this movie? Should we get oh my into God, it? We, should we just we should dive probably in? Talk about it. Okay. In the year 2084, Douglas Quaid finds himself bored and unsatisfied with his lot in life and wanting more. After obsessing over Mars, which was colonized and overseen by tyrant Velos Cohagen, Quaid decides to go to a company called Recall who specializes in implanting false memories to make you think you went on adventures you never actually did. After completing the intake process, Quaid undergoes a procedure which is cut short when he lashes out claiming to actually be a secret agent. Recall erases all record of his arrival and dumps him in a cab that takes him home. Unfortunately, his work partner is waiting for him with a gun and a bunch of goons. Confused, Quaid manages to fight them off and seek comfort from his wife, Lori, who also tries to kill him, revealing his current life was fabricated and his real memory was erased. He manages to escape, but is pursued by Richter, Lori's husband, and Cohagen secret agents. Quaid receives a suitcase from a mysterious man, which contains secret agent gadgets and a video message from himself that claims his real identity is Hauser, and his memory was erased by Cohagen to keep a big secret. The recording tells him to go to Mars, which he does, where he eventually meets up with his accomplice, Melina. She takes him to the resistance leader, Kuwato, so he can deliver the information, potentially leaving the entire red light district to suffocate. But, uh-oh, turns out it was a trap to crush the resistance because Hauser was actually a double-double agent. Whoa! Cohagen tries to restore Hausen's memories, but Quaid fights back, refusing to become Hausen once again, and goes to activate the secret machine that would give Mars a breathable atmosphere, essentially ending Cohagen's reign. A fight happens, but Quaid is ultimately successful, and everyone except Cohagen is stoked. Whee! Because Cohagen is dead. He's dead. Okay, that death scene was gnarly. Like Him, his where, head like, exploding? Suffocating and like the <laughs> eyes like bugging out yeah. and stuff. I was like, I have to look away. Like I know that this is all like movie magic, like you can obviously tell, but I it's it's pretty it's it's, it's a gnarly. much more violent movie. Like I mean, the scene where he's being chased up the escalator and he just grabs the guy with the backpack in front of him and is just like ga shield and then guy. turns turns the man's corpse around to block from the guy shooting up at him. 
uses it again on the way up and then just throws the corpse uh, to keep moving. I literally uh, I have like, a note about that guy. I'm just like, <laughs> that great. poor fucking guy. Just like, some commuter with a backpack ready to go to work or something. Um, it was way more like, and I mean, granted, I'm not necessarily like for for cinematic violence, but I was definitely like, oh, ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's more than I thought. <laughs> like there was just a lot of it. Yeah, um, this felt more like a 90s action movie than like a sci-fi movie, which is weird because, yeah. again, so for those of you who don't, don't know, um, O'Donnell, is that his name? O'Bannon? Um, oh, yes. Um, Dan O'Bannon, yeah. Dan uh, wrote, so him and his partner decided uh, they were working on this movie in the 70s. They were r- working on the script and they were like, you know what? This is going to be too much money to produce. Let's work on something else. And then they went and wrote Alien as a like interim, like, oh, well, wh- we'll write this, but we're going to come back to Total Recall, right? And yeah. they thought that this was going to be it. This was going to be the movie. But like looking at this aesthetically, it was not serving future to me. <laughs> like the the wardrobe I felt was just really like, straight from the 1990s and that like really took me out of it like there wasn't even as much gadgetry or like I mean sure there's video messaging which I guess like to us might seem a little bit less remarkable but like still there was so much about this where it's like okay that's a drill car like so what so that's also one of my big notes also is just because we we look at like exemplary sci-fi like something like the fifth element or or what have you where like every aspect every element but um of the environment is well thought out and of its time whereas this just felt like this is the 90s um period (laughs) also like the tvs in the subway were like big bricky tvs the cars had like a really shitty faux block structure on them like the and not to get like whatever but the fridge in that room had like the Barg's root beer and the Pepsi logo and it's literally yes. just like the logos from the year 1989 1990 yeah just, and i'm like oh yeah and this came out in 1990 when and when <laughs> yeah. we look at like exemplary sci-fi right like i mean like you said like the fifth elements and stuff but even before that there was blade runner in 82 right which was also from philip k dick like from you know this whole like universe right or maybe not the same universe but like the same dick cannon the same vibe dick cannon thank (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) but like it felt and that's something that just kept taking me out of it because i was just like this is nothing like okay cool like mars we're talking about that but like you're just telling me about mars you're not really like showing me and you're not showing me that this is a, a different time and half of the dialogue in this movie is talking about arnold's dick and yeah. like literally every woman that is there is like women are around for like sex and validation right like even the doctor who like is like oh like you know how do you want this woman to look right when he says he's hetero she gives a smirk kind of like oh okay cool right and then she's asking him about his ideal woman uh which is uh for the record brunette athletic sleazy and demure like okay like this is anyways uh but like his fake wife was like, you're the best assignment I've ever had. And then Melina, who supposedly is like with him, is like, you know, what have you been feeding this thing? And like grabs his dick. And he's like, blondes. I screamed. I was like, two things. One, 
fuck like because of this movie and what this is i was like fuck this but also i was like i mean she's fucking cool like she's like yeah whatever not jealous at all like you know like sure whatever go go get off that's fine and i like that but that's not how it's presented it's presented to like masculate him and then like Lori's actual husband like gets jealous and is like and and it's all because like he's worried about like his dick and how he compares to him I'm just like which to me I loved every one of those moments because and here is the thing that makes it work is how bad of an actor Arnold Schwarzenegger is because to me his bad acting makes this whole movie feel like a joke like not in like a it shouldn't have been made joke, but in like a oh this is like this is supposed to be silly. Like our lead is a silly silly boy. Okay, so everyone's reaction to him is like heightened and big and cartoonish. It's also silly. Oh, this is silly and dumb. And like, how many times does he get hit in the dick? Like oh more God. times than any movie I've ever seen. And there's a scene I think when he's fighting his wife in their apartment she kicks him in the dick like three yes, times in a row she does and it's so funny because that to me is almost airplane-esque where it's like we're gonna fight and then cock shot close above the cock his face whoa and then they keep fighting cock shot close above the cock whoa like it's just so overdone that i'm like oh they're trying to be funny like this is funny it's silly and that's why for me it works because if Arnold Schwarzenegger was more of a straight man actor in the sense that like he was pretty good at portraying the character, could do accent work, was better at acting, it would read completely differently. But he is a robotic, he's like a Pez dispenser of an actor <laughs> where his mouth opens and some sweet little one-liners fall out, which I have some likes so you at the party, Richter. Like, like little moments that really work well, like, what about your father? Like, there's really good gems that are like, that's quintessential him. But overall, he's like a little plastic static nothing that is simply aesthetic on the outside, and that's it. Like, he's muscly. And For me, the only he's the male gaze. He, because yeah. this is exactly, uh, there's yes. nothing to him in his character. And yes. he doesn't even know anything about him in his character. So men can project themselves onto him. And yes. again, the, the role of women in this, like, which is, you know, just feeding into that whole male gazy thing. Right. Yeah. But like, I get that it was funny. But to me, I was just like, this is gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Is gross. I mean, also, Arnold has like said that like lifting weights is the equivalent of like coming. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yes, which I think is so funny because it because to me it's like it is so first thought like actually no thought head empty wienerful that's it I am simply a flesh vessel for sex like jockhead vibes so when he said that like I mean he was probably like twenty five or something but it was when he was like peak young muscle guy right. like. He said lifting weights is like coming or reaching climax and sometimes it's better than sex, which like is so funny. It's like so dumb. (laughs) He's such a dummy. A big dumb dummy is who this man is. Like zero head empty. Head empty man. Um, Yeah. And that's really fun for him playing a character whose head is actually empty and they don't know what's there. Literally. Um, I do want to talk about when he meets Kuwato, though, because I thought that this completely recontextualized 
him or, or like what they were trying to do with this character once it's like revealed that he's actually a double double agent and he's like actually Housen who's like trying to take down the resistance and do this and do that right um Kawato tells him we're defined by action not by memories because Quaid is like obsessed with like I think I want these memories back but like I, you need to know this and stuff but to me that line and especially like um it's it's like laid on thicker in the next one where what that does is it just absolves this person that's done abs like confirmed to do absolutely horrendous things to so many people uh, and just absolve it's meant to absolve him of guilt because he's not that person anymore when even if he doesn't remember that he still caused harm to other people and just because he doesn't remember doesn't mean that he's he's absolved or forgiven or that he like that you know the harm that's been done to the people that he's actually caused that doesn't erase that and that's a big problem I had with both of these movies is you know we talk a lot on this podcast about like accountability and things like that and for me I was just like I hate that oh because at least for me if and I don't think the language would would have been there, but if it was more of a conversation, not about like we erased your brain, but a conversation about like DID or something, then mm -hmm. at least there's a conversation about like mental disorder when it comes to the way the world is perceived and who is perceiving it. Because with DID, it is different perceptions of the world, living different right. lives essentially. Like, but which this Moon Knight, is just Moon Knight yeah. did a really good job of it, and I guess yeah. it was. Not to go down that rabbit hole, but Oscar Isaac wanted to do like it was really important for him to do an accurate job of that because I think his uncle or somebody in his family has DID anyways. But yeah, well, so that would have been a way yeah. cooler conversation because it's like it's re true lived experiences. And I mean, granted, this is a movie that takes place on Mars about a guy who gets his brain white like it is also whatever, but I agree with you with the accountability aspect because in this scenario, in this specific instance, it is just like, it lost me so hard at that moment too where it's like, he's a double-double, but it's like, wait, what? I'm just like, I okay, at this point, either you're saving these people or not. I don't really care anymore. Do whatever you need to do to finish <laughs> the movie. Like, it lost me. <laughs> it 100% yeah. lost me towards the end where I was like, oh, this is, this could have ended like, 30 minutes ago <laughs> well where it started losing me was when so melina works at uh she's a sex worker and she works at a club right and the only people that are nice and actual people are the mutants and the sex workers and they shelter quaid they like you know do what they can to like help out and stuff like that right and to the detriment of their selves, right? So we see um, Melina and Quaid get away in the tunnel and then Cohagen decides to just shut off the air because, you know, this guy owns all of the air and that's just something that he can do because he declared martial law. He shuts off the air to essentially the red light district, presumably going to be killing all of these people. And I'm just like, ugh. Well, that sucks because before I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, we're seeing that those are the real people and they're like, let's get this. And then it's like, oh, well, they're all going to die. And I'm glad that they didn't because I would have been really fucking mad if all of yeah. the sex workers died. But then I was like, oh, OK, this movie is going to have to do something real good to get me back. And then just after that, it didn't happen. Yeah. And I think I think for me going into it, I understood enough about the movie just from here's whatever in my head. I'm like. This isn't going to be to me, the only person who who like is painted in a good light, like the only person who gets something is the one who caused all the damage, which is Schwarzenegger. Like 
he is the one who gets his redemption or whatever. It's like, wow, we really did it. We saved it. But it's like, at what cost? Like we were saying before, it's just one of those movies, zero comeuppance, zero accountability. Um, But look, we like did it. We saved it. And it's like, (laughs) okay, it's, it's a dumb movie. It is a, it absolutely. It's a dumb, silly little dumb movie. It was so hard for me to be like, incredibly critical on some stuff just because I'm like, well, <laughs> not to be like a complete asshole about it, but like no one's trying. Not to, I, okay, no, absolutely. Know like nobody is trying. Nobody and in like, this is trying to be like just or like whatever. And I'm like, oh, like it, to me, it feels like an intentional, like, oh, we're not doing that. Like we're going to kill the little person. We're going to f- hate the women. We're going to beat them all up. And we're going to like, make sure we show Arnold's wiener and the muscles 27 times. And that we're racist and that, you know, gonna, all this stuff, yeah. right? We're going to make sure like, all of that happens, which crumb movie, but like it, it felt so intentional. Like we are doing this period. And you're like, yeah, everything okay. felt like <laughs> okay. a choice. Right. And so yes. I feel like I was able to be pretty critical of it because yes, it was silly and dumb and all of these things. But for somebody that has, been around pop culture and you know pop culture discussions about all this stuff for a long time especially like in male dominated spaces you know where the like, hell yeah total recall blah 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 right and then like i was like okay so cool i'm actually gonna watch this now like let's do this and then i'm just, i like watching it i was just like oh my god like i want to talk about the wife i want to talk about oh, yeah. uh in both movies the idea like her her whole thing is she's pretending to be his wife so that way he's like comfortable there and like ready to be activated whenever they need him right but she's performing wifehood right what what most people think that a wife should be or how a wife should act in everything right which is jealous insecure oblivious like you know not not super smart distracting sexual you know like and all of that that just like made my blood fucking boil because like at least in the second one she's like you know she feels more autonomous and everything but in this one she is so fucking dependent on him and this is like this is wifey this is what a wife looks like and acts like and responds like and how they like a normal wife should be right i mean just that first scene that literal yes. first scene where he wakes up from his nightmare. I like I could not get over how bad like I was just like, ew. I D- describe hate, like, it. Describe it like, for our listeners. So he wakes up from the stream where he's like essentially like fighting with or like kind of in love with having sex. It's like we see little snippets of it, but it's like this brunette. He wakes up, oh, it was a nightmare, whatever. Like I had the dream. And she's like, Oh, was she in it? And he kind of dodges the question, assuming he's had this dream before. So there's an immediate like you're dreaming of other women, jealousy, check box one. And then he's like, he's like, tries to dodge the question. And then she's like, was it about me? Were you trying to escape from me? Do you not want to be with me? And he's like, no, I want to be does with you. Does it feel like a trap here? It, am I yeah, trapping feel, you? Am I trapping you in this relationship? And I forget what he says, but then she like coddles and comforts him. Like, oh no, you sweet baby you innocent little boy like let me like make you better and like i'm gonna be your mom and then then, she lays down and then instantly switches to like wait is that my pussy like like oh i'm like a hot girl now (laughs) and you're like it's it's like in no time flat and you're like wait what is what are the levels here like this can't be like an a to b to c because this is like she's doing every bit as a bit it's a bit like it's so out of place and weird and like 
she does that like, oh, I'm sexy. And then he's like, oh, let me like maybe like sex, sex maybe. And she's like, oh, my God, no, stop. Get off of me. I don't want to play that game anymore. And he's like, but I want to play that game. She's like, oh, no, but I can't. Maybe a little. Oh, are we going to fuck? And you're just like, this is wild. This is absolutely insane. Like, it's so dumb <laughs> and it i mean it sets the stage for her character like you said she is and i mean again granted we find out that this is a performance she is performing feminist and like right. soft sexuality and like the typical what would be considered good wife situation like and especially like her practicing her tennis serve in the fucking foyer <laughs> or whatever like and her wearing that like like, like i mean which to be fair gorgeous look pink jumper spandex with like gorgeous but yeah she's just we find out she is performing that but even then even in the moments like after the fact she's still like yeah she's performing perfect wife for him but there isn't a disconnect like you said in the way that the other one is where it's like i'm just like a soft housewife to like get the fuck out of my way i'm an agent and i do not work for you where she Mm -hmm. in this one she's still like ooh, but i'm still hot and you're like yeah, I mean, you're Sharon Stone. Like, you're right. so hot. We know this, <laughs> but it's not as cut and dry, and for that reason, feels less intentional. Right, and even when they're like going to um, wipe Melina's mind, right? Like they were talking about the characteristics that they're going to put in her, which were going to be respectful, appreciative, reliant, and like sexy. So, like, again, these are the things that this is a male space, right? We don't really see any woman having any sort of power in this. Like, all of the leaders are men and everything. But, again, these are the things that men want from women and what they want them to be. And if they step out of line, then they either end up dead or, like, I mean, poor Lori, she died. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And she was just a pawn by, like, all of these men in her life. You know, her boss, her husband, like, her fake husband, like. It was yeah. messy. I do think in the next one, they did Lori's character a lot better. And we'll talk about that and talk about some of the mask coding for her. Because in the next one, they combined her character with her husband, which I thought was um, an excellent, excellent choice. It, yeah, it's a better choice because it does make that line between like the falsehood of the reality of their relationship versus the reality of like, no, she's a boss. Like, I mean, I did write like girl boss energy several times, like <laughs> big girl boss energy. But oh, yeah. uh it's very clear that like she's like I we'll talk we'll talk about her later. But yes, it's a very it's a much better choice, especially for this story. Um yeah. I loved a couple of like the tech stuff. I mean, apart from like there not being a lot of I guess realized world building when it came to like sets and design elements and like merge whatever i did love the nail changing color wand you tap it to a different color that was incredible genius and so fucking cool and for as annoying as they are the johnny caps those uh, are great i was surprised I write the f- next one i, I love them they were so okay. cute and i will say it's a big problem i have with the next one is i feel like it's not fun like this one is bad but it's kind of fun. Like, it's silly, and it's a romp, and it's a cartoon, and it's fake. Everything's fake. None of the decisions work or make sense. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course they're going to make dumb like choices Benny, or dumb. Right? Like, the. So we just. He. Benny's the cab oh driver. God. He's, a, he's I, a black cab driver, the only black person uh, in this whole thing. I forget thing. that he even exists because his, his character was fucking 
messy. His character was basically, I've got five kids to feed the, the, the character. That was his whole character. And then we find out that he's a mutant. So it's like, oh, okay, you're you're on our side. You're trying to remove Cohagen from power. And then he's a double agent and is like, I don't got any kids. But again, he's the only, like, I it's, hated it's, that I mean, characterization. It's, it's just black stereotype shit. Yes. Where it's like the one black character is like, a struggling father of five is how we're supposed to see it, but he's like, actually, I'm. It's just, it was, it was so grotesquely told. The character's terrible, and it just, it's bad. It's bad because it is just a caricature of blackness. That's all it is. Um, and also, just the character was pointless. Did not make sense in the story. Like the whole grinder thing. What, like, not the gay shit but like when they're in the rock mine and they're about to be crushed by benny and the grinder and he's like i'm gonna get you whatever and then he just gets like stabbed by the side and i i could have done it was bad it's like because (laughs) because in my head i'm like how look let's let's like rationalize this when he's taking her down the corridor to go find this secret thing to bring the air back um i just hate that it's like it's behind another rock wallow it's like he would have seen it he would have known it it's not like i don't know yeah, it's... it was all silly and bad, but <sighs> I did have to mention his character, even though he's not super prominent, just because he's in it. it was yeah. absolutely an atrocious characterization. Yes, it's it was. There were many things in this, like for as much as it's just a whatever movie, when these moments are happening, I'm just like, oh, cool, like got it. For me, I never got around those moments, like because anytime I saw a woman on screen, I was like, "Okay, this is why they're here," you know. Yeah. Or Benny was in the other half of the movie, and it was just like the the people that are being pers- persecuted are sex workers and disabled people that are disabled because of Cohagen directly because yeah. he didn't clean out the air vents or and like had cheap domes, all this other stuff, right? So like. It's directly his fault that all of these people are suffering, but still those people are like the kindest and they're the ones that, again, are like the actual real people that are willing to help and willing to like, like, of course, of course, they're going to lead the revolution. Of course, you know, but yeah, you never, there was never really a moment where I got to just like enjoy the movie because in every scene there was just something that was like so fucked up or like or just like really rubbed me the wrong way or like you know i I just this movie was rough i mean i will say a lot of that stuff like some some of the kitschy lines 100 percent throw away i enjoy but for me it wasn't like a oh i can just look past these it was more of like oh i'm still watching this like i'm not like absorbing the movie i mean like this is great i'm really kind of just like Oh, fuck like kind of like tuned out like i'm watching it and i'm observing it but i'm just like i <laughs> to me it's almost like a where do you start so i'm like it was hard to stay engaged with it because of all of those things so there were these le- these moments where i do disengage and i'm just like watching it as what it is because it it's, it's a- hard to think about because it's just so <sighs> Dumb. <laughs> it's a dumb. It's and that's the thing. Ultimately, Total Recall is a dumb and bad movie. Just at like base level, it's silly. It's nonsense. Some good performances, some bad performances. As a story, a big fucking mess. <laughs> like 
But like the idea of recall and like that is so oh. cool to me. Like, okay, you buy. So recall is a place where you go if you don't have the money to actually go on these life changing vacations and stuff that you always wanted to do. Right. You just pay this company to implant the memory in your head with every detail and they charge you for the amount of days. They charge yeah. you for the destination. They charge you. Uh, they give you like an alternate identity. It could be adventure, a secret agent, like all this you can have a partner you can have a sexy partner you could have aliens like so it's like it's essentially like you curate the experience that you want and then that happens which i'm obsessed with i'm so obsessed with that it's a cool idea as it was unfolding i was like this is cool and i mean one of those moments too when he's like sitting in the chair arnold is and it's like you could be this person or this person the boyish little man that he is was like secret agent yes I want to be a secret agent. And he's like, no, but there's a secret, no, secret agent. Me, me, I, I, I'm i big me. secret agent. Um, It was so funny. Like a little baby boy. Mm, no, secret, I mean, I'm a secret agent. I want to be pirate. <laughs> I want to be the pirate. Um, it, That was the whole vibe. And the texts were all like, you know, don't worry, we hardly ever fuck up. Like I was like, yeah. I was obsessed with, the workers there i was like this is great they know exactly what they're doing they know they know their role they uh, i was obsessed with them same uh one of the biggest moments that i screamed out loud for similarly to our last episode with the fire fire liar liar pants on fire um when they're realizing that quaid is gaining his memories of this hauser fella uh, I forget which character says it specifically, but he says, oh, no, he's having a total recall. Um, <laughs> scream. <missed> scream. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's he's ha- he literally have- he's having a total recall. Dead. Incredible. Initially, de- I'm like. Incredible. Done. Sign seal delivered. That is so. It's again dumb. Like it's dumb, but like dumb in that moment I was like, yeah, they said it and it was dumb. And I love that. So we play a game in our house when they say the name of the movie, then you say, Yeah and then Liter- like you yeah. get down with the sick or like whatever yeah. whatever song is appropriate for these credits, you're going to say that as soon as they say the movie. And sometimes it's within ten seconds of the movie and it's very fun. Yeah, this this was like forty minutes. It was like it was it was during the big chase scene. I think it's like right when he gets into the Johnny car after the Hilton where he has the towel on his head and he like is seen, so he throws the towel Oof, off and then he gets in the car. And and then it's a Johnny car. He rips the Johnny out and goes whatever. Um, I think it was like right around there when like the main baddie and his henchmen are then in the other car and they're getting the call from the bot. If sometime in there, I don't remember specifically what, but it's like he's having a total recall. Dead, dead. So fun. <laughs> just it's just it's just it's it's peak like bad movie. One of those Incredible. things. Like it has to be there. There has to be a. It it has to, and so I'm happy they did it because it was it was very uh, reassuring for me. It didn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. This is just kind of a like I feel like this movie is the perfect movie to have that there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like like I was saying, similar to Firestarter, where it's like, oh, this shit sucks, but then suddenly there is a little bit of like a liar liar, and I just 
since we recorded that, I can't stop thinking about it, Jess. I'm literally, <laughs> I like liar, liar, pants on fire is so funny. It's so funny and bad. And I am, oh, just because if you're going to go down, go down in flames, like make it silly and gay. Just do it. And to me, oh, he's having a total recall. Like it's, it's, it is so, it's like camp. It's so, ugh. it's, it's good. It's. It's nourishing. I feel like it's really nourishing in a bad way. Uh, it's like eating Velveeta cheese where you're like, this is yummy. I'm going to feel bad later, but this is yummy. Uh, that's all it is. It's Velveeta cheese. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The When he pulled out that tracker from his brain, I screamed because that thing was so big. That was a ping pong ball that he pulled out of his goddamn brain. It really was. Um, Although... I will say, I don't know how much of these elements was in the short story uh, by Philip K. Dick and how much of that short story specifically influenced the Matrix, but at least these two elements, the red pill to wake up, to come out of this faux reality. There is clearly a red pill. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Which again is also like the... Alice in Wonderland aspect of the blue and the red, the, you know, the whatever. Like there's there's these elements too, but I feel like this is more specific to this. And then also that brain thing felt very a la the belly button worm. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like this grotesque extraction of a tracker. Um, mm-hmm. It was gross. Okay. Can I just say the scene when he's dressed up as that woman and she's trying to go through security. The two weeks. Oh my god, so cool! It was so, <laughs> and she's like, the, and like, like freaking out, like whatever, and then backs up, and then you just see her like ear pop out, and then like, and then the the way it's like, like opens uh, horizontally into these. Yeah, pe- it was just so cool. Okay, like, that tech was cool. And so was the mirror wristband where it's like it creates like a, a double of you. So, oh, yeah. So that was also cool. I feel like there were a couple now that we're talking about, there are a couple of things that were like pretty cool. But yeah, like, but it was in 1990. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Never. no, that scene was great. Like and it's so funny because like people have sent me that gif of two weeks before. And I was like, OK. Like, I don't, like, and now I know. So now the more that you know, or the more you know, <laughs> the more wow, you know. I fucked even that up. <laughs> but I also, <laughs> um, I will say, I do like, and I don't think this was necessarily intentional. I don't know if it was a bit, but there was that moment when he's like, oh, um, get him or her, like, get her. Like, they know it's him, but because he's presenting female, he does say, go get her. And I was like, Interesting. Interesting. It did feel like Hauser, Hauser, Hausen, Hausen. Anyways, so like Quaid and Hausen are not the same person. And when it was like, like people were referring to Hausen, like it did feel kind of like a dead name because he's like, this, this means nothing to me. This isn't who I am. Like this. So it's like, but I'm not going to give that movie, the movie, any of that credit. I don't, I do not think any of that is like a part of the text 
or even subtext. I don't think it has anything to do with this. So agree. But I do like, I did like that um, Housen, even when he's addressing himself, he like via the video was talking and saying, hey, Quaid, it's me, Housen. So like there is this like separation of, you know, personalities. But I do, again, I do think that if we were having a DID conversation, that would be weak. I would be obsessed with that as like a retelling (laughs) of this story to some like it would just it would be more interesting and I feel like it would be a better story and I mean unfortunately in this next one not a lot I mean some changes but like I don't know I did like this next one better did you I did okay let's talk about it let's talk about it let's talk about it let's do it At the end of the 21st century, most of Earth is left uninhabitable due to chemical warfare. The only habitable areas are the United Federation of Britain and the Colony, aka Australia. Many people travel through the Earth's core via big tube called the Fall to work in Britain, Douglas Quaid being one of them. Quaid finds himself unsatisfied with his lot in life and wanting more. After obsessing over the idea, Quaid decides to go to a company called Recall who specialize in implanting false memories to make you think you went on adventures that you never actually did. After completing the intake process, Quaid undergoes the procedure which is cut short when the employees realize Quaid is actually a secret agent. Suddenly, a group of soldiers storm Recall, killing all its employees, but Quaid manages to escape thanks to his reactivating memories. Confused, Quaid goes back home to seek comfort from his wife, Lori, an off-duty cop, who also tries to kill him, revealing his current life was fabricated and his real memory was erased. He manages to escape, but is relentlessly pursued by her. Quaid receives a phone call from a mysterious man which leads him to a safety deposit box containing an address and video message from himself. He heads to the address, which is actually Hauser's apartment, and is saved from Lori by Hauser's girlfriend, Melina, along the way. There he unlocks another message from himself that claims his real identity is Hauser, and his memory was erased by Cohagen to keep his war plans against the colony secret. Melina takes him to the resistance leader, Matthias, so he can deliver the information, but uh-oh, turns out it was a trap to crush the resistance because Hauser was actually a double agent. A double-double agent. A double-double agent. A double-double agent. Cohagen tries to restore Hauser's memories, but Quaid fights back, refusing to become Hauser again, and goes to the fall to stop the invasion of the colony. A fight happens, but Quaid is ultimately successful. The fall is destroyed, the colony has its independence, and everyone is stoked. Okay. Um, um, disclaimer. Uh, we thought it was Hausen, but it's actually Hauser. Hauser. What a Hauser. Hauser. Um, Whoops. What good research I did. Look at us. What good research. What we good research it. and good notes. We did it. We did this. We did this. Okay, now. but like fuck all the names in this movie. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, big, big question for me for this remake. Where the fuck was Mars? Um I was ex- so mad. Excuse me? I was like, oh, certainly they're going to talk about getting to Mars. I was like, this fall thing I think is really interesting. I'm like, maybe because there's the 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 fight that's breaking out on Earth, maybe it's like, oh, then then there is a colony on Mars and there's an escaping to it. Um, no, nope, 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 nope. We yeah, just no. never get there. I also I was like, okay, cool. We're establishing Earth first and then we're going to go to Mars, right? And it sounded in the first one, they had achieved space travel within the solar system where they're talking about like, oh, let's go to Saturn instead or let's do this, right? Where it's like, 
No, um, we poisoned the earth. We never found a way off of it. So now there's only two inhabitable spots. One called the colony, which is Australia, which was already a colony of Great it's Britain. It's a people colony. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's even more. And now it's just actually our slaves. So we're good. We're yeah. good. Yeah. I immediately know from me uh, for that. Like, okay. So my big thing for this I feel like it took, like, I, I want to read the short story now, but I feel like it was too serious. Like, everything that was silly and fun, they paid homage to, but then did the opposite. Like, that lady going through security, right? You see her. It's another actor who's dressed just like that character. And then we just, like, move past her, and it's somebody else, like this boring man. And that whole scene just, like... It wasn't silly or weird or grotesque. It was just like hologram and like, oh, no, get him, which is fine. But I feel like this movie just I felt like I was watching the Transformers. Okay, that's fair. And I will say when I thought it was a better movie is I think a lot of the plot made a lot more sense. And I agree with that. I also feel like. So the the story beats felt more fluid. Uh, There wasn't. Like, we didn't have an overly uh, racist character. We had women that, like, you know, were capable, but not, like, just, like, sex objects, right? Like, even though there wasn't as much of them or, like, a character to them. Um, But also, the big thing for me is it felt more sci-fi for a place that, (laughs) considering the last one we had Mars and this one we just have a destroyed earth right but it still felt more sci-fi the the tech in this movie is so fucking way cool. cooler okay yeah. you have the lasso okay. gun thing the phone, phone in the palms you have the cars where you like get in the door and then it pulls you in and you could go on top Up. or underneath okay. the roads Watching. the building infrastructures were like they're like connected like i was fucking the the musical lock the like message responding to questions like this felt like a sci-fi thing and i loved that yes yes so it felt way more like minority report to me where it's like i've never seen it so oh i've it's been a long time since i've seen it it is very good from what i remember it's a very good movie but uh where it is like the integrated sci-fi uh, elements the futuristic elements is integrated well like there are still remnants of like an old world or like a present world that we currently inhabit obviously because not everything's going to change at the same speed it'll we'll like we'll see like an old building that was built in like 1993 but you'll have like a levitating car pull into the driveway so there's like the dichotomy of like old world new tech and I feel like this movie does a pretty good job with that, especially like when he's in these apartments. Some of the design elements are like, yeah, this looks like a modern home with a couple embellishments. Like, again, when he's playing that piano, like what a cool element to have that key, literal key, 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 key. And then, oh, no, it's not playing. Pop, pop, play it again. That's the unlock. Hey, King, let me tell you about what's going on. And you're like, great. The, what the was- fashion even felt like, you know, like it didn't feel like too removed but it did feel futuristic the the whole fall thing is really cool where you just go through the center of the earth it takes 17 minutes and then you're on the other side like 
that to me, again, so fucking cool. Yeah, I loved it. Like, I just, because <laughs> to me, them introducing that as an element of like Earth tech, I was like, this is so cool. I bet when they go to Mars, it's going to be insane. Like, right. I if this is what we're seeing here, like they're introducing these elements of like anti-gravity core. We have our opposing polarities of the Earth and like them going through the core and the weightlessness. I can't wait till they get to Mars. When he escapes to Mars and they follow him, it's going to be so sick. Never came. <laughs> so he didn't even dream th- about Mars. I was like, okay, Mar- when is Mars going to come in? They didn't even okay. say the word. Like, okay. Yeah. This movie <sighs> would have been so much sicker if Mars was around. Because to me, obviously, like with Kate Beckinsale's character, Agent Laurie as inhabiting both roles from the first one, both posing as his wife, but is also like the FBI agent. She's like, she's the one running this campaign. This is her job. I think that was genius. I think it's it, it, it raises the stakes so much higher because not it's like it also I mean, A, it gives autonomy to the character. Like mm-hmm. she's not just a girl or a wife or like somebody's. She is her own. And she's like, I was playing coy, but it's like, no queen, this is my I trapped you. Like mm-hmm. I was watching you and I've trapped you and it's my job. This is my thing. I built this. And you're like, that's great. It gives a lot more flavor to the movie it makes her character a little bit more diabolical because there are these moments where like when they're in that like standoff and his friend is like, Hey, wake up. Like you had a freak out. We're all here. And he's like, why is she here? And she's outside like performing it up. Like with like a coach, she's like cold. She's like, it was so good. Baby. I just, and whatever. It's like, fuck her. And it's like, yeah, because she's in the waiting room. Like when you wake up, you'll, she's there. Like we're all here waiting for you. And then as soon as he shoots the friend, character dropped coat cardigan off, gun out <laughs> like run it and you're just like oh she's like she's scary she's like she's a she's bad guy so she's a good bad sick. guy <laughs> she's, yeah. and like a lot of it too um she's so aggro and i feel like a lot of it is because she has to prove her her worth as a woman in this space because like there's really only two women there is um Melina and there is Lori and that is it in this movie and she's surrounded by male cops and all of that right so like being in that male dominated space right where that is about control that is about um strength that is about like aggression and like all of this right so she's performing that right she and when she finds out that it's Hauser she's like fuck this like before she was like oh I'm gonna get him nobody gets away from me and then she finds out it's him who is like the top secret agent for Cohagen and stuff she's like fuck this I don't care what they said we're gonna kill him he is going to fucking die I'm like it because if she gets the top dog then she'll be great then nobody can ever question her place in this world nobody can ever question her worth or anything right and uh I just thought that she was so good and so fucking vicious. Like the lines that she uses, um, the first line she uses against Hauser, uh, against um, Quaid, is deep down, do you really think somebody like me would live in this shithole with you? Like something to that effect, right? And I was like, oh my God. She's like, I'm worth way more than you. I'm better than you. 
don't you ever think for a second that I'm not. Yeah. And then when Melina's there, right, they're like gunga gun fighting, right? And she goes again for like the the low blow, right? Where she's like, I hope she doesn't mind where those lips have been. And then Melina's like, I'm going to end this bitch. Like, and so, I was like, this. I, yes. That this? I I didn't. So I didn't uh, this... love I didn't like it, but I think it made sense for her being for Lori's character being in a very male dominated space as somebody that's been in a space with like that is something that this is that kind of like um, alpha talk that you would that she would pick up if she was trying to be um, she. Yeah, she's performing patriarchal intimidation like, yes, 100 percent. That's what we're seeing. To me, when that moment happened and like Jessica Biel was just like, oh, I'm going to show her. I'm just like, it's just one of those things from like, who cares? Like where his lips have been. Yeah, no shit. They had sex with other people. Like what? what's what's not click? Like just go. Like you're going to almost die because she said she sucked his dick once. Like, okay. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like get in the elevator. Go away. Like they're coming. She's blocked by literal robot cops who can't mm-hmm. die. Get in the elevator. <laughs> like what are you doing? I feel I like just, M- oh Melina in the first one wouldn't have cared. She was a sex worker. She's like, she yeah, whatever. So, and I loved, I loved how nonchalant she was about that, right? I was like, great, this is wonderful. I love yes. this characterization. But in this one, Melina doesn't have a lot she saves him like you know during the big chase the the chasing and he gets in the car but like other than that there's fucking nothing to her and it she's, she's so bland and so she's, boring she's like and a they, bland semi love interest that like is like we have history right and you're also, like so wait okay like she a hundred percent believes right away she's like oh your memories were released got you i'm cool we got this right and when it's revealed that he's a double agent and like Matthias dies and then the entire resistance is like destroyed this thing that she's supposedly been in and working for and everything, right? She never processes that. She never processes the fact that the resistance that she's worked for is all gone, that she has been emotionally manipulated and played by Quaid and Hauser, right? Like she never processes all that. And the next moment she's just like, hey, we're getting out of here, right? Like she, it's like, that doesn't even register. That doesn't even click. And I hate that a lot because of so many reasons. It's just a nothing Because of character. so many reasons. Like you said, she's yeah. like, a no- like the movie just happens kind of around her. And that's it. Like, mm-hmm. she's a part of it, sure, but she seems almost unfazed by the plot of the film. And it's like, Queen, you're seeing a lot of stuff happen and you're like in the middle of it. I feel like <laughs> I feel like they didn't know what to do with her, especially if they were going to take out a lot of the sex work stuff and then whittle it down to just the one moment in the beginning with the three tits, which. Right. OK, cool. But like that was also one of my things where like she was an icon. This character was an icon in the first one. She had several scenes. She did not. She stood up to bullies even if it cost her her life. She didn't give a shit. She was Mm -hmm. sick. And in this one, it's like he walks by and she's like, here are my tits. He's like, those are your tits. She's like, and? And he's like, and I got to go. She's like, great. And you're like, oh, that's it? Mm -hmm. What? And so because they've they've de-sexed the movie... Melinda doesn't make sense in the world at all. She doesn't exist in this world, which is why this Melinda does feel like 
out of place. She she sh- Melina, sorry. She should not be in the movie because they extracted her her plot, her point, her entire like character. They've they've stripped, but then they're like, "Well, she's one of the leads. You got to throw her in." And it's just this bland like whatever character where you're like, "Wait, why are you here? Who are you in this?" Yeah, she felt like nothing. Like she did not need to be here. And that was one of the things that I didn't like. Again, the, there's things about the first one. I liked that it was fun. I liked that it was silly. I loved uh, the community, like, around, like, the sex workers and, you know, the uh, the psychics and all of that. I loved that, and I thought that that was special. And um, also the scenes where, like, they ripped off arms and stuff were, like, we didn't oh. even talk about that, but those were wild. And in this one, like, and, and that one, I, like, hated the tech. I hated, like, I could never, like, believe that this was a sci-fi movie. And then in this one, I'm like, oh, this is 100% a sci-fi movie. Why is this total recall? Literally. But, to like, me, the, there's the a version. Beats... Go ahead. Oh, no, you go. You go. Uh, but the story beats made so much more sense where the first one felt, um, we didn't really talk about it, but it felt very disjointed from getting to one, from one scene to the other. Like, it, not even in necessarily, like, a comical thing, but in, like, you know, like, just bad writing. Um, whereas in this one, it felt very fluid and very seamless it's like okay so this goes here and then we go here because of this and then okay like it was it was better constructed but that doesn't necessarily make it a better story you know yeah 100 percent. i mean granted i was gonna say i feel like there is some version of the story uh as it pertains to total recall a retelling of the short story by philip k dick um where if you blended these two movies together there is like an incredible iconic like bring the fun silliness and like camp of the first one to this new one and bing bang boom you got it don't you know that we are not allowed to do that after 2010 like that just (sighs) fun is like out the window that's it's not allowed yeah this movie was just like this movie's not fun and i wanted it to be fun like Mm -hmm. total recalls fun if 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 not incredibly problematic and messy and bad exclamation point it's fun. And this movie is just not fun. It's just the most bland, say nothing film. Like every double agent turn, obviously, it's like we know what's going to happen because it's total recall. They didn't really stray from that very much. But it was a nothing film for me. Yeah, it really it's, was. It's so, it's so boring. I just wish that it was cooler. I want this movie, like you said, I think you said it perfectly, this movie and the first movie to um, to combine. I want that and it would be great. Both of them would be great. I would like it so much better. Um, we can have fun sci-fi, everybody. Fun sci-fi is really cool too. Literally. And like there was so much, there was so much like terror in these like, cop robots i'm like yeah do more with that like make that a little bit scary they didn't like, even do anything with those like there's like, so there's these um the factory that quaid works at is like building robots right and i was like that's cool cool so he's not just doing construction he's working on these things that are then uh so the colony is ultimately working on 
these robots that are going to go and decimate all of them because um, the uh, United Federation of Britain or whatever is running out of space for people to live. So they want to take over the colony and have a robot slave army, right? So like that's the the big secret. But like to have the colony make the robots that the that Britain is then going to use to destroy them. Like, that's cool. And let's do more with that. Let's do more with the resistance is living in the uninhabitable zones, you know, so that way they're not uh, like, that was also cool. I thought that was neat, right? Like, but again, like, we're not getting that because we're so hung up on Hauser. Like, Hauser was just kind of boring like i didn't need him if we're if this is the story we're gonna tell we don't necessarily have to stick with him and melina and laurie and that like weird awkward love triangle right like i don't need that like let's let's tell a fucking let's do something else (laughs) literally go to mars like why didn't you go to mars i'm not trying to be like stuck on this but like go to mars why didn't we go it's so cool it's in the story half of the film is on mars why 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 try to like shit out the rest of this story half of this film on earth when it's so much more compelling the stakes are so much higher go to mars go to mars just go to mars you could have done it i just hate that it feels like well we're different than the first one and here's why and it's like everything that they changed about it is like the only things that worked in the first one were the things that they changed and left out of this um, like, I disagree with some of that because Laurie worked a lot better. Oh, that yes. And the, agreed with that. So yeah. apart from Laurie and the aesthetic and some of the tech stuff, like I, I do agree that there are certain aspects that they just changed that was like, but should you have changed it? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie did win an award. Ew. Do you want to hear what award? <sighs> Um, from the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, it was the winner for the EDA Special Mention, which is a sequel or a remake that should not have been made. <laughs> <laughs> it won. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. That's so um, It won special. a BMI Music Award for somebody. Uh, okay. It, it won. Uh, it was nominated for a trailer. Um, okay. Yeah. Who wrote this? Uh, Kate Beckinsale was nominated for Worst British Actress. Oh, Which I would argue that because I feel like Kate Beckinsale was the best part of the movie. Okay, I understand. I understand this now. Uh, I mean, I guess I understand because these movies are... So the person that directed this was the writer for all the Underworld stuff. (gasps) Oh! Kate Beckinsale. Oh, uh, that makes he sense. Wrote, he wrote the original Underworld, and then he was a producer on the other ones. Let's see. Producing okay, credits. Do you know? Do yeah. You know he, who... Oh, he wrote all of the Underworlds. Sorry. Yeah. Sick. Well, also, and... do, you know, do you know who Go one ahead. of the other writers on this was? What they wrote? Who? Uh, after writing this, they wrote immediately the Point Break remake. Oh, my God. This makes so much fucking sense. Unfortunately, that is true. Oh, um, my rough and tumble out God. here in the world. I will say, I wonder at what point they cut the Mars stuff because it's really like bumming me out. At what point were they like, ma- f- scrap Mars? 
Mars um, will never not be cool. Space will never not be cool. Literally, it's like, sci-fi. Space will never not be we cool. We are too... Uh, this is why... Okay, sci-fi is my thing and that's where like I exist because we all know that the Earth is dying and we're poisoning it and all of these things. I don't want to be on Earth in the future because like, look at here. It's all destroyed and, you know, everything. I want... Like, space i want hope i want we are out there we are having new adventures we are exploring new places and new things this is what i want and that's what i wanted of sci-fi i want like, newness i want mars i just want mars let's go to mars like come on i want to go come on Luther. let's go fuck uh, uh whatever and again i do want to caveat this whole conversation about like writing and whatever with the understanding that like a lot of shit happens in this process and a lot of people work on it. So right. I don't want to like this, that, or the other, like, these are the reasons that it's wrong. But as a whole, we can collectively have opinions on it. Uh, and I wonder, like, I would just like to see the inner working of this, of this movie. Like, I want to see the thought process behind it. You know what I mean? Like where, where, who, who said and no why? Mars? And why? I just tell me, give me a name. Who said no Mars? I want to talk to them. Just one person. <laughs> who was the first person to be like, what if we like didn't go to Mars in this movie? Who were they? I'd like to have a, a brief little chat about uh, fun and about entertainment as a whole with this person because. You could have um, done a much better job on this script. You Mars have done a much better Mama. job on oh, this script. Uh, I would have loved to have written some some stupid remake like this. Uh, I still want to. Yeah, I don't have a lot on this movie because it was just like, oh, like my notes were basically the same from the first one for Quaid, especially Quaid was basically the same. Cohagen was basically the same. Um, yeah, everything was basically the same. I just liked certain things about it better and I hated certain things about it and same i feel like this was more of a nothing movie yes maybe they're both nothing movies they're both kind of nothing movies a little bit unforged um i do want to leave it on a couple notes one note from the first one that i forgot to mention one of my favorite moments when he's at the hilton he looks out the window he's getting the call from his former colleague who he does not know he says, I'm going to leave this briefcase here. You need to come get it. Yes. Never hear from me again. As he's going to get it, some passerby lady grabs it. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is mine. She's like, um, no, it's mine. And he's like, give me the fucking box. And she's like, you can't, this, you can't tell me it's not mine. Amazing. Genius. That was in the like, first one. <laughs> that was in the first one. It was just like a perfect little moment where it's like, why? That didn't need to be there. Like, there shouldn't that sh- like realistically nothing comes of that but it was really just a nice embellishment of like somebody sees it they're like oh i'm just going to take this <laughs> amazing i loved it um and this one when he's taking the phone out of his hand um and he's like sliding out like the cables from his wrist with like all the buttons so cool and he gives it to that kid but also i do want to point out like how cool it is putting your hand to any pane of glass uh, and then seeing from the phone, like the video and stuff. I just, so cool. It's cool tech. It's great. Handphone. Genius. So into it. Okay. 
I did have a question about this movie. Yeah. How is it possible for them to jump out of the tube when they're going literally so fast and to be like, okay, and live? Like, because they're going through the center of the earth in approximately 17 minutes. So that is going so, 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 so fast. It's It makes no sense. How? Like, oh, our escape is to like fall out of the fastest moving object in the earth's core. And we'll be fine. I don't think so. Go to Mars. <laughs> Just go to Mars. It's so much smarter to go to Mars than Mars, to jump Mars, out Mars, in the Earth's Mars, core, Mars, you fools. Mars, Mars. So we have made it back from the future. We made it back from Mars and not Mars. Wait, Jess, I'm having a hard time remembering something. Um, um what did know? we just watch? And I can't, I can't like pull it from the back of my brain to the front. I can't like. Are you able to like? Um, I can't uh, completely retain. Revive. Yeah, that? I can't. Um, I can't bring back. Really, I can't fully bring it back. You can't. Um, uh, it's not like a boomerang effect. Um, no. It's, it's like um, a recall. Mm. It's recall. Total <laughs> recall. Um, we. I totally recall. I. I mean, I totally re- we just we just recalled. We totally oh my god. recalled. Oh my god, I want the Total L recall Woods live. version. The L Woods version of Total Recall, but it's totally recall. Totally recall. And she's on Mars and she's like, This is an this is an outrage for the Martian people. And you're like, Yeah, L get like, Yeah, them. absolutely. Get oh them, my god. L. Okay, that's what I need. That would be so bad. And I would love <laughs> every second of it. Oh my god. It would be better okay. than some of this stuff. Okay, anyways. Yes, it would. All right, so 1990, Total Recall. Who was this for? Honestly, I'm going to say it was for the Johnny and Johnny Cab because they Ooh, got a I bad like rap and they were kind of cool and dumb and silly and a really nice little addition to the movie. Johnny Cab will always remember you. I will remember you. Do, 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 do. Um, that's where I insert pictures of me and all the Johnny Cabs that I hung out <laughs> with on my trip. Um, what a cute, like, if there's, like, driverless cars, like, put a Johnny Cab. I would be into oh, it. Yeah, like, turn around and talk to me. I'm like, I'm bored. Let's chat, robot. <laughs> um, who did you think it was for? I thought it was for Arnold Schwarzenegger's dick. Ooh, yeah, for his big fat cock. Mm-hmm. His big usable wiener that he uses often. It was the character that was ever present and just always on everybody's mind. 100%. And sometimes inside them. Anyways. Um, or at the tip of their fist. <laughs> he got punched in the balls so much. It's so silly. It like astonishing an astonishing amount of times. <laughs> uh, there's probably like a count. You could probably look it up online, like yeah. how many times. Anyways, um, did you like it? It's fine. Um, it's fine. It's like whatever. Like again, there are some moments like the the quippy quotes are really fun. Um, some elements were great as a whole. It's kind of not good. Uh, but it's whatever. So I'm going to give it a big meh. Did you like it? Ugh. I wanted to like it so mm-hmm. much 
because again, Philip K. Dick, I liked elements of it a lot, but the elements that I liked weren't ever really developed or were just completely overshadowed by other bad things. I feel like there were some yeah. fun, silly moments, but, um, and this movie does not at all take itself seriously. Um, which is great when thinking about the original story and the title, like how could that be a serious story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I just I wish that it was better written, like that it was it it had a better flow, but it is a nothing nineties sci-fi action movie. Agreed. So yeah. um I didn't really like it. I wanted to, um, <laughs> especially because Melina's cool and like all her people are cool, but didn't like it i don't get what why y'all like it i swear like <laughs> i've heard so like so many people reference this movie and be like oh blah 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 blah, blah. and like why do you still talk about this movie why yeah it's it's been other whatever. than like the three boob scene like which again iconic right. star yeah she's amazing but yeah how about the 2012 Total Recall. Was it new, interesting, or the same? Progressive, regressive? How are you feeling about this dang movie? It was new in the fact that it didn't include Mars. It was interesting <laughs> in the fact that it didn't include Mars. And it was not the same because it did not include Mars. I think it's incredibly regressive because it didn't include Mars. And I would argue... Anybody against that. Jess, how did you feel about it? <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to follow that up because you are absolutely correct at every point of that response. Because, wait, if I recall, there was no Mars in this one. You recall correctly. There was zero Mars. Like, there zero was even mention of, of like it being a planet and existing, right? The Zero. Mars erasure in this film, too much. Too much, yeah. Um, I thought it was new. I thought the tech was really interesting, really cool. Um, I think I was just also so stoked on the recharacterization of Lori that I was like, oh, this is interesting. I do want to see more of her. I want to see where this goes. Um, and again, like I just get immersed in the world. The world building for this was really good, and I liked that. But it was not Mars, so it was not the same. Mm. Um, and I do think it was more progressive in the fact that it didn't. It decided not to continue racist stereotypes. Um, yeah, but um, regressive because of the um, erasure of sex workers and Mars. Thank you. Yeah. No Mars. Who, who was it for? Not the Martians. I can tell you that right now. What's up for them? They're not even in it. Um, who was this for? You know what? I really don't know who this is for. Like, who is this movie for? It's not for fans of Total Recall. And outside of that, it's not that good of a film. So who is it for? It's a great question. Um, I don't know who this is for. Jess, who is it for? Who do you think it was for? Um, I think it was for, I think it was just for money, money, money. Ooh, it that's was, true. It can't this be is for definitely money. a remake that is like 
we're going to remake this because we're going to make hella money because you know what? People talk about Total Recall and how cool it is. Um, so we're just going to remake it and it's going to be so cool. It's going to be sick. Sick as fuck. Because also in like, you know, the 2010s, no fun allowed. It has to be dark and serious and brooding. You have to suck any part of fun out of every story that you're going to tell. It's yeah. a rule. That's also the year that Dark Knight came out. So, um, Oh. Right? Batman? Oh, I'm sorry. Dark Knight Rises came out. Yes. Okay, cool. In that movie. Or in that. So they probably saw... Okay. So they saw the Dark Knight and they're like, oh, what if we do this with Total Recall? Because, I mean, they did just take like fun Batman movies and made them very dark. So this formula... Yeah. And and everybody loved it. This formula rips. It's going to hit so hard. Let's do yeah, it. They're going to do it. And then everyone's like, wait, what is this? And they're like, wait, what What do you mean? We didn't make anything. Shh. Nothing happened. Move <laughs> past it. Move past it. We're fine. We're fine. Um, Did you like it? <sighs> no. <laughs> this one's not even like a meh. Like uh, there are elements that I enjoy, but as a whole, as a film, not really. Did you like it? I like aspects of it. Um, I think it's a very meh film. Um, yeah. I feel equally about both of these movies, I think. Yeah. For different, for, for different me- reasons. Very different reasons, but they're both pretty equal in their mehness. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. I think we did wow. it. Wow. We, wow. We went all the way. Um, only making one trip to Mars, unfortunately, uh, this time around. So sad. Well, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. We love you so much. We do. And whilst on the topic of loving you so much, please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media as well. We love to hear from you and we love to talk with you and we love your attention. We really do. Our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebvre. Our editing is by Danny Barkley. And thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye-bye. For now, we'll see you again soon. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Avatar The Last Airbender is more than just a show. It's a conversation of growth. Of trauma. Of culture. Of intention. And of change. The Momos and the Appas is a weekly conversational podcast from the Nostalgia Network dedicated to discussing the Avatar universe as folklore, episode by episode. I'm Eric Lefebvre. I'm Dr. Amber Jones. And I'm Jessica Tercero. Join us weekly as we dig into all things Avatar and Korra, including Uncle Iroh's hot bod versus his war criminal history. Avatar Aang's well-meaning cultural revisionism versus Zuko's performance of toxic masculinity. How ultimately Katara is the savior and the hero of the story. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.